Greetings again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of OSI Today, the podcast featuring news and views from around the Office of Special Investigations. I'm Wayne Amon from OSI Public Affairs, and in this edition, we continue our very special series, My OSI Journey, showcasing the diversity and inclusion of our command-wide members. And today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Special Agent Chase Collins, the Chief of Criminal and Fraud Investigations at the 8th Field Investigations Region at Peterson Space Force Base, Colorado. Chase, welcome aboard to the program. Great to have you with us today. Good afternoon, Wayne. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem whatsoever. Now, uh, before we get into some of uh, uh, the questions I normally uh, would ask uh, our OSI uh, journey uh, interviewees, uh, I'd like to kind of go into your uh, background just a little bit, uh, uh, courtesy of your biography. Now, when you came into the Air Force, I believe it was back in 2010, you enlisted uh, not into OSI directly, but uh, as a weather forecast apprentice, can you tell us uh, how, how all that came about uh, before you joined OSI? Yeah, absolutely. No, great question, Wayne. So for me, my journey began um, actually shortly prior to basic training, right? Uh-huh. Um, it was kind of the post-2008 kind of financial crisis, and um, I was looking for something to do after high school. Right. And so I pursued an enlistment with the Air Force. Um, and with that, talking to the recruiter and whatnot, uh, we came to the conclusion about uh, basically pursuing a guaranteed contract, right, where you know your job before you go to basic training. Right. And right. for me, right, the the first job that came available um, after about a nine-month wait was a, a weather job. Uh-huh. And I had no real inkling of, of what that meant or <laughs> even what that job did. So right, right. it was kind of the, the first thing that the Air Force gave me an opportunity at. And uh, that that's kind of where my journey started. Yeah, absolutely. Back in uh, August of 2010. Wow. Uh, very interesting. So I always find it interesting uh, in talking to people who uh, are now in OSI, uh, but they started uh, in other career fields uh, uh, like myself. I did start out as a uh, uh, in the intelligence career field. I went into broadcasting before I uh, got into public affairs with OSI. So uh, uh, enough about me. Let's get more into you, shall we? Uh, as far as um, uh, your interest in law enforcement and subsequently OSI, when and how did that uh, all come about for you, uh, you know, post uh, uh, weather forecaster, if you will? Yeah, no, absolutely. Good question. So it's kind of a funny story, at least uh, in my opinion, right? So I, I had really no interest in OSI or law enforcement until I was uh, back in 2014 walking through a, a mission support group building on Ramstein Air Base. Uh-huh. And I saw on the, the door of uh, the OSI detachment, they had essentially what was a now hiring sign, right? Right. And uh, at that point, I was looking for, you know, other career opportunities within the Air Force. And uh, I knocked on the door, talked to some of the agents that were there. And uh, as I did that, I just kind of gravitated more and more towards uh, a love for OSI and uh, the mission and then the agency's uh-huh. uh, rich history as well. Right. Right. Now, uh, your uh, career with OSI began, if I'm not mistaken, uh, was that back in uh, 2015? Is that correct? That, correct. Correct. Absolutely. Right. And, and so you uh, went to the uh, OSI Academy, I believe, in uh, Glencoe, Georgia, uh, uh, as an enlisted uh, troop. But uh, over the course of these last few years, uh, you made the very interesting transition that not many uh, enlisted troops do. But you went from the enlisted ranks to the officer ranks. Uh, and by the way, uh, congratulations on being promoted to captain last month. So uh, you're, you're uh, uh, really uh, uh, doing your best to be upward and onward, as they say in the ranks. Well, thank you, Wayne. You're very kind. Um, no, absolutely. So like you'd mentioned, my journey kind of started right in 2015 uh, at Fletzy, 
going through the OSI training there. And then uh, I was fortunate enough for my first assignment out of FLETC was uh, actually my first choice uh, going to the 11th Field Investigation Squadron at Lackland, uh-huh. uh, where basic training is, right? So kind right, of a return right. home for me in a sense. Sure. And uh, was fortunate enough at that point to run uh, and have exposure to a whole bunch of different investigations and uh, and good leadership along the way. And so absolutely, I was encouraged to uh, to pursue a commission and um, the stars aligned for me, so to speak. Wow. So, very wow, fortunate. That, that, that's, that's, that's always a very interesting story. Um, now, uh, uh, you did this, obviously, uh, while you were within uh, the Office of Special Investigations. Were there any challenges that you faced uh, when you transitioned from being on the enlisted side to the officer side, uh, you know, within uh, the ranks of OSI? Um, yeah, I mean, without a doubt, I would say there, for me, there's been two distinct kind of eras uh, of challenges that have faced, right, in OSI. For me, it was that first transition from my prior career field to OSI. Right. Um, for me, that was a big challenge personally, because prior to OSI, right, as a, as a young weather NCO, uh-huh. uh, you kind of get used to leading a, a small group of airmen uh, in a mission that uh, is fairly structured in the way that, that it's approached. Right. Uh, whereas OSI, kind of from day one, it'll challenge you uh, basically every day, right? You're presented with a problem right. or something new that you have to learn how to solve, which is a little bit of a different kind of kind of way of approaching the business uh, compared to weather. Uh-huh. So quickly within OSI, I found myself, you know, oftentimes with maybe one other person, right? Your partner agent, uh, so to speak, uh, trying to figure out how to interact with, you know, other humans or a situation, right? Um, right. you know, potentially on the worst day of someone's life. So that would, for me, that was the the first kind of big, um, big challenge and adjustment. Right. Um, and then of course, uh, as you mentioned, right. So moving from the enlisted ranks to the officer ranks in OSI, that brought a separate challenge, right. That's more of the um, leading people and personality challenge and kind of accepting um, that you'll have to establish some boundaries, right. Uh, uh-huh. And try to break other ones down. So yeah. two distinct differences without a doubt, but great question. Right. Now, uh, uh, was there anything that helped you uh, overcome those uh, challenges? Uh, I don't want to say they're barriers, because obviously you've been successful in, in overcoming those uh, uh, barriers or challenges. Uh, was there anything special that uh, uh, aided you in being able to make those transitions and to make it a little more, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, easier for you to to accomplish that without losing a beat? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, Without a doubt, I think, um, you know, former leaders and mentors is probably the, the short answer, uh, the more detailed answer to that, right? So going back to that first assignment at Lackland, right, moving into OSI and, and kind of the, the big adjustments that come along with that. For me, the, the big challenge was, uh, you know, getting provided that feedback from leadership and, and right. learning how to internalize and process that. Uh, it, it did take some time, right, much as a lot of our young probationary agents do. Uh, and for me, once I figured that piece out and understood um, the investment that some of these other leaders uh, within OSI were, were making in me, uh, that was definitely probably my biggest growth moment early on in OSI. Right. Um, and since then, for me, it's just been maintaining a, a network of, of mentors that I can uh, both, uh, you know, peers and subordinates as well as superiors, right, to, uh, right. to kind of learn and grow from that. For me, that's been my, my biggest assist along the way. Chase, is it fair to say then that, uh, you know, mentorship, uh, you know, uh, whether whether it's uh, maybe your immediate supervisor uh, in the field or, uh, you know, mentorship, uh, you know, coming from headquarters or whatever, uh, it all uh, comes together and, and it all uh, bears fruit, if you will, uh, uh, for the agents uh, that have the boots on the ground. I would absolutely agree with that. The uh, I think that's the most important investment we uh, we make in our command or that we can. 
um, it was a, a fairly small uh, agency and a fairly small career field within the Air Force. Right. So uh, from my perspective, it's, it's one of the most important things we can do, without a doubt. Uh-huh. Now, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the uh, broadcast, uh, you're stationed at Peterson Space Force Base uh, in Colorado. Uh, obviously, uh, Space Force, uh, uh, United States Space Force, is uh, the newest of, uh, branch of the uh, military, and they've only been around for a couple of years or so. Uh, has there been any challenges that you're facing uh, uh, as a, a special agent working under the umbrella of, uh, of a Space Force base uh, as opposed to uh, uh, your typical Air Force base? Um, I, I would say the, the, the biggest, uh, so in my current role here at, at the region, uh, at Region 8, right, uh, for me, I would say the biggest uh, hurdle is communicating, right, across uh-huh. to, to other Air and Space Force leaders, kind of the message that uh, Region 8 is uh, not only are we aligned to a MAGCOM uh, uh-huh. with Air Force Global Strike Command, but we're also aligned to a service with the Space Force. Uh-huh. So that's that's unique amongst OSI regions. And uh, from my perspective, it kind of, you know, having that mind mind shift uh, within the region has been what we're uh, really what we're working on the most right now. Right, right. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, I think you may have touched on it earlier, but uh, who or what inspires you to do your best uh, in OSI? No, absolutely. So I think the first kind of motivation just for me to perform uh, my best as a human is is my family, right? right. Uh, beyond that, professionally, it's going to be our airmen. Uh, for me, uh, what keeps me particularly motivated uh, and, you know, in an attempt to do my best really is, is that we, what we do as OSI, uh, whether you're agents or support staff, um, so on and so forth, right. it impacts for me how we can deliver justice for victims, right? And then uh, also equally importantly, exonerate innocent people. Yeah. So given kind of that gravity of, of those those missions, uh, we, we have to try to be our best. Sure, sure. Now, uh, this uh, probably ties into that a little bit, Chase, but uh, uh, I think it bears uh, uh, asking, what is the most gratifying part of your job with OSI? I know uh, for a lot of agents, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, solving, you know, cases, you know, uh, you know, bringing the investigations to fruition and, and so on and so forth. But there is, is there anything uh, from your perspective uh, that you could uh, relate to our listeners that uh, is, is most gratifying about uh, your particular job uh, within OSI? Yeah, no, absolutely. So for me, I think in a word, it would be trust. Uh-huh. So what I what I mean by that, uh, for me, the most gratifying part of my job um, are kind of those moments when air and space force leaders uh, or other, you know, our fellow airmen or guardians uh, or victims of crime or their families, right, are looking to us for answers. Uh-huh. Um, and it's typically going to be in a time of need or in a moment where it's potentially the worst moment of their lives, right? Right. So for me, there's a I view it as there's a lot of trust placed in us, and because uh, I do love the Air Force, right. Uh, I'm, I, for me, the most gratifying part is that trust being placed in, in not only me, but uh, my fellow agents and then OSI as a whole. I see. Okay, well said. Now, uh, if uh, I know hindsight's always twenty twenty, Chase, uh, but if you could do it all over again, is there anything that you would change uh, at all about your OSI career? Uh, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I nope. see. 
Okay, very good. I guess that's the the, the short answer. Is there, is there anything else? Absolutely. You'd like to kind of maybe elaborate on that a little yeah. bit? I mean, no, you, it, you must be very satisfied with the way uh, your your professional career has gone. Obviously, uh, going from enlisted to uh, officer ranks and, and progressing up that uh, ladder has been very gratifying for you. But uh, it also it seems that uh, uh, what you've been doing out there has been uh, uh, quite a, uh, uh, a boon to you, uh, uh, I would imagine, personally and professionally. Yeah, I agree completely. So it's been very fulfilling uh, for me. And I wouldn't change my particular uh, story or my journey, uh-huh. right? Uh, uh-huh. By any means. Uh, but with that, you know, I, I do recognize that my journey is not uh, the the one size fits all for everyone, right? We, right. we know OSI, right. we have to have uh, folks from all sorts of backgrounds and different paths. Yeah. Um, so I, I would not change anything about my particular uh, career at this point, uh, by any means. Uh, but I also do uh, recognize that there's a plenty of ways to uh, to go about success in OSI, right? So oh, sure. Well, as they say, Chase, I guess uh, flexibility is a key to air power. <laughs> At least yeah, that's, what exactly, I was told. Exactly. that's what I was told when I was uh, active yeah. duty back in the day. But uh, uh, but yeah, flexibility. Uh, uh, in, and you're right. One size doesn't fit all. That's why uh, this, this particular series, which uh, uh, lets our listenership uh, get into the uh, – uh, uh, particulars as far as uh, the diversity and inclusion of our command uh, is uh, very uh, entertaining to them because uh, I like to say that, uh, you know, the Air Force and, of course, OSI, we're kind of like a microcosm uh, of, of America. And so as a result of that, uh, you're going to get great stories from uh, from all points, uh, from coast to coast, border to border, uh, uh, no matter what your background, uh, uh, our OSI folks uh, seem to have a, a very unique story to tell, and, and yours is uh, included in that. Now, uh, Chase, uh, uh, putting on your uh, not not thinking cap, but uh, your crystal ball a little bit, if I mm. will, uh, may. Uh, what direction do you envision OSI going into the future? I know I ask this a lot uh, uh, of our uh, OSI journey guests, and a lot of them say, you know, the technology changes so fast, and it's uh, a challenge to keep up with that. Uh, but from your perspective, uh, mm-hmm. uh, there at Peterson, uh, where do you envision OSI going into the future? Absolutely. Well, so you mentioned technology. I would say that that's that's kind of a constant undercurrent, right? Trying to keep uh, up on that that front. Yeah. Uh, but broadly, uh, I would say I see OSI kind of continuing to expand our, our efforts, uh, primarily to combat uh, targeted violence and then also domestic extremism. I see. Uh, beyond that, I also see uh, OSI expanding its counterintelligence mission uh, greatly. Uh, especially right now as the air and space forces are looking to uh, bring several new weapon systems online right. over the next decade or so. Um, sure. So that's kind of generically where, where I see us going. Mm-hmm. Very good. Now, um, uh, obviously diversity and inclusion is a, has been a staple of OSI for many years. Uh, from your perspective, uh, why is uh, DNI foundational to the success of the office of special investigations? Absolutely. So fundamentally, Right. I believe that we we all have different strengths and weaknesses that we bring to OSI uh, through our backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So with that, right, especially OSI, we rely heavily on that diversity in our workforce, uh, especially when you consider so the Air Force is like over 130 different Air Force specialties. Right. Uh, the right. Space Force is, you know, at a dozen or so and growing, from my understanding. Right. right? Sure. So kind of given that in order to have like a holistic understanding of all the different bases, jobs, and then also like these micro cultures almost that exist uh, within different Air Force fields uh, and same for the Space Force. 
uh, we, we as a command, we have to have that diversity uh-huh. um, to simply be able to operate in the environment, in my opinion. I see. Okay. Uh, as, a, as a recruiter now, being, being uh, mm. not just a special agent, but being, say, a, a recruiter for OSI, what advice would you give someone who would like to join the Office of Special Investigations? Mm, that's, a, that's a great question. So I think I would tell that person uh, they need to search inside themselves and, and kind of do some determining on whether or not they think they have the resiliency and the willpower mm-hmm. to try and give 100% every day. Um, obviously, some of us, uh, we're going to struggle on different days. Uh, that's normal. That's human. Sure. But uh, we, in our job, we have, to, we have to try to hit that mark every day uh, just because of the importance of if we get it wrong. So yeah. if they can do that, I would say come join our team. I see. Uh, is there anything that you would advise them to uh, uh, maybe study or uh, in preparing mm. themselves uh, for a career uh, with OSI uh, that might uh, help them along? In other words, uh, uh, I know that because as we hearken back to your days as a, as a weather person, mm. was there anything that you were able to bring um, you know, maybe tangibly or intangibly uh, from that prior career field that uh, kind of assisted you in uh, your, uh, your OSI endeavors? Absolutely. So I think there, to me, that, that question, there's two parts to it. I think the first part, what could I, uh, what could I offer up as advice? Um, for me, I would only probably feel comfortable speaking to our enlisted airmen because that's where I came from. That's what right. I know. Right. Um, with that, I would say first and foremost, regardless of your Air Force specialty, uh, you have to perform uh, as, a, as a stellar airman. Uh, or guardian in that career field. Uh, first right. and foremost, you have to show kind of um, the, you have to show an excellence, right? Uh-huh. Um, beyond that, um, for me, I, I actually didn't, didn't, you know, study anything in particular as related to criminal justice or anything like that ahead of time. Right. For me, I was focused on the performance aspect. Uh-huh. Um, and then once I started the, uh, the OSI recruitment process, then it was strictly uh, being able to try and make that adjustment from being a high performer, wherever it is that you came from, uh, to becoming kind of a, a very good listener. Um, right. so that would kind of be, be my advice there, um, to your, to your other side of that question, uh, as far as what you can bring that's, that's intangible or tangible. I would say that's both. There's, there's both of those with an OSI, depending on where you come from, right. whether it's a, a civilian, uh, a new, a newly commissioned officer from uh, ROTC or the Air Force Academy, uh, or if you come from the enlisted ranks, I would say each of those is going to bring a, a unique, uh, perspective whether it's life experiences, um, Air Force experiences, uh, or academic, right? Uh, we have to have a, I think we have to have a blend of all three, right. which is a reflection of why our command set up the way it is with, with enlisted officer and uh, civilian special agents. Right. And support right. staff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Very well said. Jace, uh, before we wrap things up, is there anything else that you'd like to add? No, no, uh, nothing to add from me. I just wanted to thank you for inviting me to be a part of this podcast. I'm a fan, and uh, I appreciate your work getting uh, OSI's message out there into the public sphere. Well, thank you so much, Chase. Our guest has been Special Agent Chase Collins, the Chief of Criminal and Fraud Investigations at the 8th Field Investigations Region at Peterson Space Force Base, Colorado. Chase, thanks again for taking the time to be with us. Absolutely. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. And thanks to all of you listening for tuning in. For OSI Today, My OSI Journey, I'm Wayne Amon saying so long for now.